Welcome back, friends. This is the last episode in season three already. Uh, I am your host, Tammy Riley, and you are listening to Living Well While Living Online, which is a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. This week, to wrap things up, a really uh, beautiful conversation around spiritual awareness on the inner journey about seeing all the colors that exist inside of ourselves. Uh, my dear friend Jody G, Jody Goldberg, who, whom I am so happy and honored to share with you. Um, as you know, our, our self-care conversation is, is never easy, right? We all struggle with these topics, with these uh, ideas and practices, and it is um, a process for all of us. And we're really going to dive in deep here because we're adding another layer. Um, what if at the start of the pandemic and during all of this, you were diagnosed with cancer. So the conversation is is heavy, um, but also beautiful. And there's so much joy and love to be shared with Jodi and with all that she has been through and the ability to take a step back um, and really put a few more pauses into her everyday life. So I know there is a lot for you to take in here. Please make sure you're in a space where you can be intentional with the listen. Um, I am so thrilled to have had the opportunity to share this conversation with her and then in turn to deliver it all to you. So settle in, sit back and enjoy living well while living online this week with Jody G. All right, everyone. I am sitting here in my space looking at my beautiful friend who I am about to introduce you to. It has been a while since she and I have seen each other in person, but um, yes, thank God for social media and for the things that connect us because she has given me support through a hard time that I had this year. And I know from afar, I've been sending her lots of wishes through everything she has gone through. So I feel super connected and I am so honored and thrilled to have Jody G, Jody Goldberg here, uh, coming from the Santa Barbara area. And I'm going to have her introduce herself to you. Uh, she is an interior designer and landscape designer, super talented. So we will make sure that you know how to look at her stuff in case you're in that area and you can hire her and go visit. Do you still have a little, she might have a little store. I'll let her tell you. Um, <laughs> Jody, welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me here today, Tammy. I'm so excited to be sitting and sharing with you today. Yeah. Um, will you just give our listeners a little overview on who you are, anything at all that you are yes. looking to share today? Yes. I am Jody G, wife of Johnny G, have an amazing family, husband, love, and feel very lucky to have lived this planet walking side by side with someone who I can call my best friend. Yeah. I have a beautiful family, amazing grandchildren, amazing children. And um, I am lucky enough to be able to do what I do and share my creativity every day and call it a job, which for me, it's not. It's just pure heaven creating sacred spaces for people. I love creating homes and landscapes and beautiful environments for people to live in and love in. And that's kind of what I've been doing for the last 20 years. Mm. Um, I'm also recently diagnosed with stage 3B lung cancer, which has been my life-changing, life-altering, down-to-my-knees, intense change of life the last 18 months. So... 
I'm a cancer survivor today. Yes. We're living life every day, um, knowing that every day is a gift. Hmm. I'm walking through this planet, taking the lessons that I've learned from each adversity and turning them into some sort of some sort of pearl that I can share with the world. So hopefully hope one person at a time who may be having a bad day, a sad day, a sick day, a whatever day. My goal on this planet is to just share raw, honest truth of feelings of loss and love and sharing my true, honest self. Mm, thank you, Jody. We're, we're really, really grateful to have you today. And already you've said so many things that I can't wait to circle back upon, but we don't have to get in too much detail. But but I know from, from your background, from your life, you've been the ultimate caregiver. You know, Johnny has had a few things in his life that have gone on and you have been there at his side um, as his cheerleader, his support, his motivator. And right as COVID was hitting, right as everything is happening, the world is shutting down and you get this diagnosis and now you're on the other end. Yeah. It was very different. Yeah. It was very different. It was, um, yeah, I've always been the giver. Mm -hmm. I've always been a caretaker, a mamacita of all my friends, of all my family. And when I went down, I had to completely surrender and trust. And I was lucky enough to be with a man who loved me so much that he just put 100% of himself into making sure that every breath I took was not going to be my last one. Mm. So he literally, we moved into our bedroom. My heart went down first, then my lung. I had surgeries. And I bled out several times, almost died, blood transfusions. And he sat in a chair in our bedroom for 18 months. We didn't leave and just nursed me, nursed me one step at a time to being here. Right. Yeah, it's it's one thing to get that diagnosis, to have to deal with it and face it. It's another thing. I mean, a whole other layer when your family could not be the support that they wanted to be physically, right? So physically, we have this desire to be together, to wrap our arms around each other, to sit there, but you couldn't do that. So could you just describe a little bit about what that was like for you and for your family? Yeah, I think the diagnosis at first was the most terrifying because my mom had just passed from lung cancer and her lung cancer was not as advanced as mine. And I, when I was diagnosed, just my primary goal was to really let my primary family know everything I think they needed to know how much I love them because mm -hmm. I wasn't sure I was going to stay. So the diagnosis is like a chapter in your story of whatever the diagnosis is that you receive where you're, you're in terror, but you also have to resource your largest braver, bravery because you want to share your strength and your warrior spirit with your family. And I think I just made a conscious decision that I would dig deep no matter how afraid I was of leaving, that I wanted them to know that I was going to put my biggest fight forward for them and for me. Mm. And no matter how we were going to manage through COVID, through travel, through, through surgeries, through whatever, we would all do it as a team. And we did. And I was very, very lucky because Jordan and Justin and the baby, he was four months at the time or three and a half months, Maddox, they 
stayed in an apartment in Santa Barbara while I was doing chemo and came for the surgeries and would, would stay and we would have to block off a little part of our house outside in a grassy area and put them behind like a fence, which was horrible. We couldn't touch them or hug them or be with them, but my daughter would sit up and do cancer dances for me and always sing me songs you are my sunshine silly little things we did when she was little that just kind of kept me moving forward so even though we were in a really horrible covid time and we were restricted to not seeing anyone that i got that and for me that was everything and then when i did radiation they came and we did the same thing so my my treatments came in different phases it was first my heart went down i bled out i had transfusions they thought i was dying then they found the lung cancer then they told me i had to get strong enough to get a lobectomy and then i bled out again from the lobectomy And then I had to get strong enough for chemo, which I was very sick with, and then get strong enough for radiation. So it's been 18 months of of digging deeper than I've ever thought you could deep as a human to just really get a sense of what it is to be grateful, to breathe each day, to live each day, to feel joy each day, to just relish in the simplest little things Mm. it's so easy to forget as we're here walking through this planet and we we know that and i think we tell that to other people and we say it but but do we believe it do we live it do we live it i don't think we do i don't think we do and i think you know being brought to my knees where i was lying in a bed for I think it was six months throwing up from chemo where you're just fetal position, can't move, can't walk, can't eat. You're just so ill. I think it just makes you have to search spiritually on, okay, how can I be the best human I can be? How can I be the strongest human I can be? How can I take this trauma and turn it into something somehow magnificent that would make me believe spiritually that everything was going to be okay. So for me, my self-care became that, um, a spiritual awareness and connection to a higher power, to crystals, to the other realms. I did everything I could to just self-soothe myself in a way that was positive. So can you just elaborate a little bit on some of those things for maybe somebody out there that's not sure what crystals would do or how you found that comfort in them, how they helped you? I mean, spiritual in general is different for everybody. So there's that piece. But I I love these tips because I know that people are hurting in many ways and there is the possibility that someone might investigate this as well. Yeah. So when I first got diagnosed, I remember the first time I went to chemo, I remember sitting in my room and praying, please send me a message. Please tell me how I'm going to get through chemo because they told me I was going to lose my hair. I was going to be really, really sick. I wouldn't be able to eat. Like, how do I show up? And I remember 
like just sitting quietly on my own and deciding, okay, I'm going to do something I've never done. And I'm going to download an app called Insight Timer and start meditating. And for me, that was the beginning of sitting quiet, Mm. of getting out of my head and being afraid that I was dying. It gave me, they would talk about, you could plug in anything. You could plug in um, angels, which I would plug in. I I, I needed to feel that something higher than me was going to somehow get me through this. So I would plug in, you could type in anything, angels or healing white light or crystal therapy. And it would give you a 20 or 30 or 40 minute meditation. And I started there. And then someone said to me, have you ever used crystal healing? So I started collecting all these healing crystals and would sleep with one on my heart and one on my lung. And I I have them always with me. And she's showing them to me. They're beautiful. Yeah. And they just all different colors for all different things that I was feeling. And I would use them every night and lots of like Johnny would make me listen to lots of entrainment and beautiful Mm. music that didn't even sound like music, but it was calming the nerves because I think part of what I found with my diagnosis and my cancer, it's a very alone disease. You're very in your head. You're very in your own trauma of not really knowing like every day when I would feel sick, is this normal? Is this cancer? Is this chemo? Is this radiation? Mm. Nowhere for me to actually, it's not like you call your doctor. It's different. It's not something I can explain. So you had to really search inside for quiet and peace and shutting off the mind and learning to just be. And I think for me, my spiritualness came in the form of firstly meditation. It saved my life. No question about it. It took me out of my own headspace and into someone else's beautiful voice that could calm me. And I think I would read a lot. I would journal a lot. Mm. All my fears. I wrote letters to people when I thought I was dying to make me feel better that I had said everything I wanted to say. I made sure that I let everyone important in my life who I love know how much I loved them and didn't want to leave. Mm. And I think I spent hours and hours looking into my husband's eyes just on a level we've always been deep, but on such a deep level, just letting him know seriously that no matter what happened, I will find him any place, anywhere, Mm. over and over again gosh (laughs) yeah that's so beautiful first of all I'm laughing because I'm going to cry through this whole entire thing (laughs) I'm sorry (laughs) um I when I was turning 50 it was somehow right this this um big number and I every day like hit me what what if right we're sort of on the other side and one of the things that I had decided to do was write letters so as you speak to that Mm -hmm. I said I'm going to do 50 letters of gratitude to people who are really important in my life and I hear you say that it was the hardest thing that I have ever done and I wasn't questioning my life I was saying what you know one day and who knows and I just want you know but I was not sick 
so many of them, especially the closer they are to you, the harder it is. Or maybe I don't know if you experienced that, but I would sit and I would go to the beach to do this and I would just sob before yeah. I could get anything down on the paper. And it was so hard to tell people how you feel. It is. Knowing it might be like, or in in reference of that last thing that you might tell them. So I can't imagine what courage and strength it took thinking this really might be yeah. what I'm leaving them. Yeah. My husband used to tell me that I had to pretend I was like a battle angel and a battle angel. And he would play this silly movie for me called Alita. And she had all these superpowers and I literally would sometimes just pretend I had superpowers, mm. silly as it sounds. But I just decided that I, anything I could do to help my day not be horrible and help me, even if I could spend three minutes on FaceTime with my grandson without being sick or five minutes with my daughter or 10 minutes holding my husband's hand, it made me realize what's really important. And in today's world, we move at a very fast speed. We're highly motivated by things outside of us. Mm. And cancer made me really look inside of me. Which is hard. Most people avoid that, right? We really don't want to look inside um, because we're not always sure what we're going to see or if we're going to be happy with what we see. But I love that it brought you peace. It, right? it, brought, that it brought me peace. It was hard. <laughs> you find a lot of colors in there, mm -hmm. some that you like and some that you don't. Yeah. But I think one thing I'm very clear of, whether I die tomorrow or whether I die whenever, I'd rather be open to seeing all the colors and trying to make them right while I'm here. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's where I'm at. So... All the, flaws are, all the flaws are good because it just gives me more room to search. Mm. And i am always been a searcher. Yeah. Wow. I, I really um, thank you for sharing that because I think, you know, we, we, we know that we're, what we have inside isn't always good. None of us are always good and perfect and we shouldn't, we shouldn't be, but we always – you know, put such pressure on ourselves. And I think that's why it's hard to really turn the lens inside and to really face what's there. But how beautiful it is to have the opportunity to see, like you said, the colors and to be able to adjust and alter anything. Um, and we don't always get that second chance. So, so thank you. That's, yeah. that's such brilliant advice that um, anyone, anyone should be taking. And it's progress, not perfection, I'm learning. It's just really being kind to ourselves that it may go slow. Some things may go fast. But as long as we're working on them and looking at them, th then we're on the right page. Mm. And isn't it sad that it, so many people don't ever get that opportunity, you know, or yeah. have that realization? And so you're still so very young. So um, to be able to have this to still look forward to, right? To really take the time on the journey to just craft whatever needs to come out for you. Absolutely. I feel very blessed every day I'm here that what a beautiful way to say it. It's like crafting the journey because we're all here on the journey, right? Mm. 
And some people are more awake than others. Some people are more asleep than others. It's all okay. We're all exactly where we're supposed to be. But we're given different gifts and different lessons along the way that we either walk away being a little bit more wise or not. Mm-hmm. And I just chose that I was going to look at this like seriously, if I can help one person every day who has, who is behind me in the cancer chain, who is behind me getting a diagnosis, who may need a friend, who may need someone to talk to. I found that was a very missing thing with my disease. And I always put myself out there on social media, Facebook, whatever saying, if anyone needs to talk, I am here because that is something for me lying in bed, sick as I was, that saved me having those several people in my life who I could literally just download all my fears. Mm. Wow. I mean, the other piece that that's coming up, you had said you were journaling. So now 18 months later where you are, thank God we can say you are in a really good place. Yeah. Um, do you look back and already ha- have you forgotten some of that? Are you, do you look at how you've changed? Like how, how is that reflective process now with what you were going through back then? It's very reflective. It's actually, um, I actually think it's one of the hardest parts of cancer. It's like be- living between two worlds of you're dying. You might be dying. You might not be dying. You have a scan in 90 days and then you go back to living and then you have a scan in 90 days and then you go back to living and you have a scan in 90 days. So finding the pieces in me that go back to my safe place, which is working focus, you know, creating, and then figuring out, wait a minute, have I, am I moving too far? I need to still stay spiritual. I still need to stay grounded in nature. I still need to walk outside in the trees. Am I doing enough of everything? Mm. And it's actually, it's a, it's a learning curve. It's a, it's, it's, this is like a new world for me, trying to figure out who I am living every 90 days between scans and it's 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 new wow (laughs) every 90 days so the roller coaster literal roller coaster yeah because it spread to my lymph nodes okay there it went from my lung i had stage 3b from my lung and then it moved to my lymph they took out the lymph they could but they still you know um you know i mean I think my percentage was something so horrible that it was never told to me. And I was a firm believer that some people like to know a lot of knowledge when they get diagnoses. I wanted to know nothing because I just decided I wasn't going to be the statistic they told me. So I didn't want to know what it was. I knew how bad it was because I could see that in my family's faces. And I just determined to not I didn't read anything on the internet, nothing. Mm, oh my gosh. I love that. I still haven't. And um, people say, well, you know, they'll slip and say to me like, oh, you had 1% chance to live or like a doctor will say something completely that I didn't know. Cause I don't want to know. I want to live as if mm. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, and I, I think too, for your mindset when, when, you know, when we're all different, but when someone puts that label on you only have, or this is your, it, it starts to become that self-fulfilling prophecy, right? So if that wasn't pertinent to you getting the, the treatment you needed and to heal in the way you are, you, you healed yourself in the way, you know, that was right for you, which is also so beautiful. I think it's interesting. A, a friend of mine, her daughter got, you know, a little, it, it's not cancer. It's not crazy, but she took this information, went online and instantly saw statistics and was like, oh my gosh, I might die by the time I'm 50. And this is a young girl. And yeah. I think we tend to do that. We get so caught up and wrapped up and then you have to take a step back and say, but this is me and I am different from each and every person. And how do how am I going to meet this? And, and yeah. what is it going to mean for me? And for me, it was my way of protecting myself, to be mm -hmm. honest. I, I needed to protect myself from the information because I didn't think I'd be able to fight as hard. And I wanted to have a completely clear mind over going into chemo radiation, the lung surgery, the hospitals, and knowing that if I had, that I had 1% chance to live or I could, I could maybe live a year it, it would limit my thinking outside the box of where I really wanted to be, which is here. Right. And, and that's what I say every day for today. I really want to be here. I want to mm. be with my family on this side. And if I ever get the 90 day conversation, what I've thought of where that isn't my choice, where it is time to go, then I'll face that chapter. But right. for while I'm here, I really want to just be here. Hmm. So living in California, you have beautiful weather and I know that you and uh, Johnny would be outside a lot, always outdoors, you know, swimming, enjoying the beach. I know that's a big part of self-care for you in general. Has, has that stayed the same? Have you been able to do that? Has any of that piece changed for you? Huge change. Yeah. So huge change. And I think the harder part of it changing for me was watching how it had to change for Johnny mm. because he didn't leave the house. He couldn't do anything. He was afraid to spin. He was afraid to ride his bike. He was afraid to leave me. There were times that he, I mean, he breathed life into me one time when I almost died in the hallway oh my God. and he, he didn't want to leave. So he decided to give up everything and we bought him a chair in the bedroom that we call the king's chair. And he would sit there and literally watch me breathe day after day after day. And he did not, no training, no nothing. And it was harder for me to watch him have to do that than me just lie in a fetal position because cancer takes so much survival energy to just be okay that he put me in my pajamas and we would try to every day, he would try to get me out of the house and walk just from one house to the next house. And then the one house to the next house, some days became two houses. So we would get outside in my PJs and our neighbors all knew me and we would do little things, mm. but it, 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 it was a slow process. The low back to me is really painful and I didn't have much breath and it was a slow process. And right now I'm starting to walk again and we're in nature again and feel good again. And he's back on his bike again. And it just, it, it's starting to feel like we have breathing room, which yeah. is a beautiful thing after such a long time. I mean, 
you know, I, I'm just thinking putting myself in his position and we talk about self-care. I think that even though he was, I'm going to put in air quotes, giving up what he knew as self-care in, in those moments, his, you know, trying to keep yourself sane, that that movement, we need to move. He's a, definitely a mover and mm-hmm. enjoys nature. But I think being flexible enough to know that for him, self-care was watching you, right? So if he couldn't, being out on the road, yes, physically he might have been there, but it wasn't going to be body, mind, and spirit. And and no. was it worth, you know, how he was going to feel knowing that he wasn't at your side? No. So as much as we, you might look at that and right. feel sad that he was, I'm going to say, giving up something, it was for the right reasons. And, and I'm sure neither of you would now change any of that because- Nothing. Yeah, it's how you got through. I wouldn't change any magic moment I had lying in this room, surviving in this room, watching my husband speak the words he spoke to me every day of encouragement Mm -hmm. and kept telling me I was a fighter and a warrior and we were going to make it and we were going to see our grandchildren again. And he would always make me look forward. Yeah. How blessed to have those two babies. I mean, I know having having family is important, but having the youth, those little babies to look forward to. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah, yeah, it's it's beyond yummy. There's nothing quite like being a grandma. Um, it's an unexplainable love. It is like having children on steroids because yeah. <laughs> you know, none of the responsibility and yet all of the gooey loviness. And um yeah, I mean, I have an altar next to my bed with their picture. I, I had spoken to a healer who told me that a beautiful thing to do was put the things that gave you the most joy on an altar next to your bed when you're healing. And I have Mila's picture and Maddox's picture and Jordan's picture and Johnny's picture. And, and then I have a picture of myself that they made me write healed on it. Mm. Healing and little words and cards I can pull and angel spray and all the things that just make me feel safe and and sound in a way. And it sounds like a, a simple thing, right? Putting something next to your bed as a reminder, but gosh, to open up your eyes each morning and see those things as your anchor, right? I, I imagine how grounding that is. You know, I have a space in my home and when I go there and I sit, I do just feel like I could sigh a little deeper. It's with things that I've collected. There's a image of you in there as well, Jody. You and <laughs> Johnny and uh, and me, a picture of us. So yeah, oh, um, those yeah. things are so important. <laughs> the things that like the things that say that make you sigh deeper. That's a beautiful way to say it. And I think through my whole process. I would do anything that would make me sigh deeper. I called psychics. I called mediums. I called people who I wanted to see if my mother had a message for me. And because I was, I was so in awe that my mother just died from lung cancer. And then I got diagnosed. It was as if, are you calling me mama? Do you need Mm. me mama? Do you, do you, you, are you asking me to come be with you? What is happening here? And Finally, I don't know, in one of my meditations, it just came to me. My mom was like, I am okay, and you are right where you're supposed to be. Mm. And, you know, I took that literally. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to share that on the day that Jody and I are podcasting, you know, you are going to hear this, listeners, a little bit later, but it is her mother's birthday. 
So what an honor to be able to share the story and share the conversation on this really beautiful day for her. So we're sending up a, a little a little light and love for her as well. Thanks, Tammy. She was yeah. the best. Yeah. The best. Wow. It's it's really interesting, right? As she passes, then you take it on and and you wonder like what if it what if, you know, maybe she just wasn't meant to have to witness, right? I do believe that. She yeah. would not have been able to handle witnessing me sick. Yeah. And I think of that all the time and I think of that as a blessing and it would have been way too hard for her. Um, you know, me and my sister were her light, her her everything, and she gave us her everything. And to see one of us suffer would have been terrible. Yes. So, yes. excitingly enough for me, my sister's coming today to celebrate <laughs> Yay. my mother's birthday with me, and my niece is coming. And yeah, yeah, we'll get to do something special today to honor Mama. And so speaking of being with family, I'm going to go back to probably one of the most joyous moments that you had, which was, you know, I got to witness some of the photos on Facebook when you could see your family and the yes. fences lifted and you got to touch them. Like, yeah. what was that like? I can't even imagine. There's really no words, just pure joy. Mm -hmm. It was pure joy. And every time I see them, that's how I feel. It's like I look at them with such amazing gratitude and love for everything they pour into me. And I hope every day they feel so loved by me and Johnny because they have given us so much sunshine. Mm -hmm. So yeah, family, family is everything. Yeah. And to see them so happy, right? As parents, that's all we want. We want our children to be happy and, you know, looking out and seeing the beautiful family that Jordan's created and their home and her whole new life, you know, right there, mm -hmm. you know, that's all you ever want for your children. So it's all we ever hope for. Yeah. And to, to, to witness all the bumps and the wiggles it took to get there is part of the magic. And now to just see her as a mama. Mm. And, and watch her mother and take some of the things that I shared that I never thought she was listening to <laughs> or, and, and, and I see her do them and she's just, she's an amazing mama. And mm. it's just, it's, it's, it's so gratifying to watch and it feeds your heart and fills you up with so much love. Yeah. And so yeah. nice. Yeah. Now, are you, so you're back at work and so you're doing exactly. these little pockets. Are you, do you feel like you're in a better place for creating, I'm going to say boundaries or taking on just the right amount of work or is it so exciting that you're like taking on everything that you see? I, I mean, just tell me how you're, how you're feeling, how you're, I guess, preserving your energy and your time around now that. Piece. I would say it's a little bit of yes and a little bit of no of balance. Mm -hmm. I think when you come out of something like I have come out of, it almost threw me into where I said in my, if you read my journal, it would say I'm barely working. I'm really only spending time with family. I creating it will be my second love. And the bottom line for me is I have always fulfilled my creative selves with creating beauty and mm -hmm. it's who I am. It's what I do. It's what I thrive on. Am I doing it better? I think so. Am I taking bigger jobs? Yes. 
Am I excited by the creativity I get to share? Absolutely. I think what I'm learning is that when I'm tired, it's okay to be tired. When I need a nap, I need a nap. When I still have a lot of symptoms from radiation and chemo and when they present themselves to me, I take off work and I just can't be that perfect girl anymore. Mm. And I think part of me learning about myself is that my go-to default is working. And now I have to figure out balancing how to do it better, how to do it more efficient. So I've hired another person. I've asked for more help. Um, my team is bigger. It seems more fluid. We have systems in place that I don't have to do the things I don't like. And I just get to create the things I do love. Oh, that's so brilliant. I'm, I'm trying to manifest that because it's a big piece of me. And I hope I, you know, I hope I, I keep getting lucky and keep getting these fabulous clients and jobs. But I do know that when I read my journal, part of my go-to and my defense is I go fast instead of slow. Mm. And I'm really trying to learn to pause in between. Oh my gosh. And that's such, I mean, we all need to be able to do that. As you said, many of us are on that go, 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 fast, 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 more, more, more. And, and learning to pause is not an easy practice. I, it, it should be, it should be, we should be better at it, but we're really not. We're so trained to take on as much as we can. It's just the way we're, we're made and the environment we live in and the social media and everything that comes with that just makes us drive harder. And, you know, I said to Johnny the other day, like, really, I, I swear to you, I could get in a car and just drive with you for two weeks. And maybe that's something we'll do at some point. Like, I just want to do things that dare to be different right now that are out of my comfort zone and and travel a bit when COVID's not scary and do things that I haven't been able to do for two years and spend more time with the guy who means everything to me and just yeah. relish in quality time and connection and eye-to-eye contact and... It's it's, heart. it's so interesting to me that many people who have a, you know a traumatic uh, part of their life, whether it's grief, whether that's their own illness, you know, it takes those moments for us to get that slap across the face to be like, slow the f down, like what are you trying to do? So you know, as I listen to you, like what a beautiful thing for you now to really spend more time. In, in the slow pace to really enjoy, to nurture, to nurture a team, um, to be able to do what you love, but to find more balance in that, you know, that is the gift, but uh, not that you should have had to take on we the all, illness or. <laughs> we all need that gift. And the thing is, you don't want it to be too late. And if right. I can share that with anyone, it's like, you don't want to not spend time connecting with your loved ones in the way that you want to. You want to walk in the world today the way you want to leave the world mm -hmm. because to me, connection is everything. Heart to heart is everything. And if I put that second or third, then I'm not living my truest self. So whenever I start to go too fast, I try to bring myself back to, I need to pause. 
I need to go on a walk with my husband. I need to go to work an hour late. I need to try to focus on being in nature, the things that I love that feed my cup, that fill me up Mm. instead of just driving, driving, driving. Yeah. And it's, it's that permission, you know, we're not good at giving ourselves that permission to walk a little slower with intention. Right. So it's, it's, yeah, we tend to tend to gauge by the amount of stuff we can get done as opposed to the amount of stuff we can take in. Um, That's very true. There's an amazing meditation teacher named Sarah Blondin who does a meditation on permission Yeah, and it's mind blowing. Okay. It's amazing. She's fantastic. Gonna have Sarah to, Blondin. Sarah Blondin. We're going to have to look her up. Yeah, she's astounding. <laughs> Thank you for that. We always love those juicy tidbits. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess, is there, so other than the pausing and the slowing down, is there anything else that you've been doing to really, you know, care for yourself in a way that maybe you haven't done before that now you're like, oh my gosh, how could I have not have ever done this? You know, I need to continue this forever just because it feels good or it is good or. Well, I guess my one big thing would be I, I'm journaling way more now than I ever have. And I'm meditating more than I ever have. Like I never wake up in the morning without starting with my gratitude meditations. And I never go to bed without a gratitude, uh, some sort of meditation on. And sometimes, and for me, I'm not great at sitting quiet. And I, I used to beat myself up when I first got cancer. Like I need to just sit still and be quiet. For me, a lot of guided med- meditations really work. So sometimes there were nights when I couldn't sleep, I would listen for three, four hours. Wow. It would go from white light healing to crystal light healing to chakra cleansing to heart healing to lung energy to whatever at the moment I was feeling. And for me, that will be a practice I continue forever. Mm. It completely helped me. Yeah. Our brains, right? That's the whole point. Our brains will never stop because that's their job. They want to keep us entertained and busy. But how do we quiet them and create a little more space. And it's really a struggle for so many people. It's huge. It's huge. You have to make the decision and the commitment that you want to make a change. That's the first thing. Like we have to take step one. Like we need to, we need to shift that because like you said, the brain just wants to work. It just wants to go. So we have to rechange that, retrain it to do it different. So for me, from the day I got diagnosed, when someone said download Insight Timer, that was, it, it was my go-to and it's still my go-to. I, I literally, I can't imagine what this journey would have been without someone else's voice in my head other than my own at night mm. telling me life was okay. Yeah. And the nights are long. They're nights long. are long. Yeah. Nights are long especially when you're in pain and are restless and can't sleep. And you're you're scared and you also want your spouse to sleep and you don't want to be poking him because he needs sleep too. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I poked him a lot. (laughs) I poked him a lot. (laughs) But it's interesting, right? How many people helped you on the journey that that we'll never know, right? How many voices you heard in your head that saved you? So many. Yeah. Many. And, and, and every day I say gratitudes for them. And I do it every night. I have a prayer candle that I light for anyone suffering or anyone who 
needs a prayer and I light it every single night now. So I think for me, it gave me a better spiritual practice that I had before for me. It gave me a more regimented form of like, this isn't a maybe I can do this. This is I have to do this. It feels good every day when I do something. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's made a big difference for me. I've always helped people, but this makes it like a, 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 a like it's a stream of definite that I'm going to do this every day. Yeah. And it, it's really, I think, or at least for me, as I think about this, you know, you're at your worst, right? We feel our weakest and we're trying to heal. But at the same time, thoughts went to someone else and the thought of being able to help someone else, even at that state, how important that is, right? It's huge because it makes you know you still matter. Mm. That even though you're lying in a fetal position, there may be somebody else who's having surgery right now who is needing a friend when they get out and there you could be that voice they hear on the other end of the phone. So beautiful. I mean, it's just looking back right out of the, the horror and the, the sadness and the grief that comes out of all of that. Like, but then there's beauty that, that has grown, you know, the way, the way you feel, what you're, what you share, your practices, like, it's all so beautiful. Thank you. I think life is, like you said at the beginning, life is a journey Mm. and it's how we see that journey and what we do with each journey we're given. And some of it's going to be good and some of it's going to be bad. And it's, it's, it's what we do with it. Yes. Um, I have one last question. I know you probably have things to do. I know Dennis is not far off and he's probably like with his timer saying you have, you have some things to do, but I love to ask all of my guests. Um, I know you're such a kind human and you have such a beautiful friendship with your husband and your family. So how are you these days about being a good and best friend to yourself? A really good question. I would say that's a really good question. I would say cancer has taught me that I am enough right now, exactly as I am. I think I have learned self-love in a much deeper, kinder way because of this horrible experience, because I know now that it's okay to just be exactly who you are, not perfect, not organized, not clean all the time. Life is messy Mm -hmm. and I'm learning that I can embrace the mess. And that to me is self-love for me right now. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I try to be good about that and your statement, I am enough as I am right now. I think, um, yeah, it's, it's a practice for sure. I love that you threw that out there. And I, I would love for more people to use that. I'm going to call it a mantra because, yeah. uh, I mean, I know I need it now. We're always – there's always something we could have done better. We could do more. We should do more. And the strive for perfection, even though we, we realize there is no such thing, but it's really hard to break those barriers down. So being able to say, I, I am enough right now is really powerful. Yeah. And I'm trying to work on that every single day. And I see a huge, a huge shift in me, a softness that I never had towards myself. Mm. And I wish that for everyone else. And, 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 and it's a work in progress. I hope I keep getting softer. I keep, I keep getting nicer, kinder, wiser, warmer with me. Cause I think we're hardest on ourselves. 
Oh my gosh. A 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yes. Jody, this has been really lovely. Like I am so grateful that you took the time out of your day to do this. I know you have family coming and especially on the, on your mother's birthday. And there's so much to think about and being able to come and share your story with us and share your tips. Um, I just really feel so honored and I'm grateful for you. Tammy, thank you so much, honey. It was so beautiful to see you, hear you, connect with you, share love with you and be part of your beautiful podcast. Yeah. Thank you, Jody. Thank you, honey. What a beautiful conversation with Jody G. Um, just so much gratitude to her for her authentic self, for all that she shared, um, you know, in a, in a topic that's really so private to each and every one of us. So I'm really, really so happy to have had this opportunity to have conversation and to share it with all of you. So thank you for listening in. Uh, it's been a great season that wraps up our third season of Living Well While Living Online, which is a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. I have to say, um, I am, I'm going to say it again, grateful, just grateful to all of the people over the three seasons that I've been able to have conversation with. Um, it's it's not easy to share this type of conversation in general. Um, they have been so authentic and open with everything that they have shared with me, also knowing that it'll then be aired and shared with all of you. And there's a definite vulnerability with all of that. So I am just so thankful for each and every guest I have had up to this point so far. I really selfishly enjoy every conversation. I mean, I know the end result is producing a podcast, but I really do this in hopes of what I can selfishly get out of this, of having time one-on-one with people that are so fascinating and interesting and really getting to know them on a deeper level, especially, you know, I've had family and close friends and I always learn something and have a new appreciation for people, even if they are very close. Uh, Obviously, it's nice to get to know some new people in a topic that maybe isn't where you start conversation with. So, Sorry, I'm going on and on, but I really am just in awe that people are willing to have the conversation and that all of you show up and listen to it. So I cannot begin to thank you enough for sharing all of this with me. And so to the team, a big thank you to our producer this season, to Renette Shifu, for all that you've done and putting up with me and and us trying to learn things together. And she gave me my first opportunity to actually sit in the podcast studio. And I felt so professional. Uh, It was fabulous. So thank you for all of that. To David DeRoche, the executive producer, to Lauren Scupo, who does our social media. And thank you to Scott Holmes for the theme music. I will be back next season, fingers crossed, so stay tuned. And to learn more about our podcasts, please visit us on qu.edu slash podcast. You can listen to all of our podcasts on the platform or app of your choice. And you can always check us out on Twitter or Instagram at QU Podcasts. There's a ton out there that is produced by this studio and our university. Check us out. And feel free to send us an email at qupodcasts at qu.edu. So until next season, my friends, be intentional, breathe deep, 
and learn to be your own best friend.